This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Jay Severin. My oldest is on her seventh year of Chinese and, um, and, and just started high school. Now, what do you think by the time she's ready for college, what do you think will serve her better? What is more exceptional, speaking Spanish or speaking Chinese? Jay Severin. Weekdays, 2 to 5 p.m. Eastern. On the Blaze Radio Network. This Irish man stands with America. This is Freedom's Disciple. With Jonathan Dunn. On the Blaze Radio Network. Hey everyone, thank you so much for tuning in to the Freedom's Disciple podcast. I am your host, as always, Jonathan Dunn. Firstly, I want to apologize. There was no podcast last week. and had major IT problems. And the computer crashed, um, but we're back up and running now, and hopefully there won't be any more shows missing. Last week was 8.28, and also I want to send a, a big congratulations to Glenn and all the team. I saw the pictures, I read the articles, I read feedback, I read comments. It looked like an, a fantastic event with loads of great speakers, um, very enjoyable, very much a learning experience with a lot of goals for the future. And they're goals that I share um, and I hope that everyone who w- did go enjoyed it and had a positive experience. It really is time to unite and to draw a line on the sand and say never again is now. It's also time to, and th- this is one of the reasons I did this show, I believe it's time to educate people, to empower them, to encourage them and to inspire change. I firmly believe that people will change this world, not politicians or not political parties. It will be you, the American people. You are what made your country great. You are what makes your country unique to this day. And you will provide the answers to the future. I want to start today's show by doing something I promise I won't do an awful lot of. And it's answer a criticism, I guess. I get, when you put yourself out there, you get all different types of hate and I laugh at it mostly, I I ignore some of it, you know, the usual stuff, you're a bigot, you're a racist, you're fat, you're ugly, you know, the usual stuff, I don't really care. But there's one criticism I get, and I've gotten it ever since I've spoken out, and I've never really addressed it, and it's one that always troubles me, and I want to speak it out with you today, and and sort of get your feedback on it, and see where, what you think. Um, as always, I'm on Twitter at Freedom Disciples, so hit me up with a tweet, tell me what you think. The criticism I get, and I've got it for about five or six years now, if not longer, is mind your own business. Stay out of it. You're only Irish. This is an American problem. You know, it's American politics. John, it has nothing to do with you. Stay out, butt out. I get then it, it it equates then into mind your own business why the hell should I care what an Irishman thinks all the usual stuff and I always want to ask them people one question I never get the opportunity because it's usually in the middle of an angry rant when they tell me this but the question I ask you today or ask anyone who thinks I should mind my own business or that I should shut up is I ask you today humbly, what would you have me do? You see, I'm in a situation where I love your nation. I love your nation because your people are great. 
Your people have done more than any other set of people in the history of the world. I speak regularly about how I'm inspired by your nation. It's easy to be inspired by it because of everything you've overcome in such a short period. I love your people every time I get to visit. I'm inspired. I, I love them. You're so nice. You're so kind. Just such a different set of people. Also, I'm a Christian, so I view everyone as my brother and sister in Christ. What would you have me do? Shut up and leave you alone. I don't know why, why I am one of the few people, or one of many people today who's awake. I don't know why I'm one who sees the world in a lot of trouble. I don't know why. It's surely not because of my background. But today I see many of your people struggling. I see them lacking hope. I see people lacking in dreams and ambition. I see people hardening their hearts. And I see my brothers and sisters turning to anger. My body, my heart, my mind, my soul wants to help wants to get involved but there are folks who say mind your own business what would you want me to do I'm awake I see the problems I see your people hurting and yet some go just ignore it yeah I know you see the problems but just, just leave them alone it's not your business it's not your concern scriptures are very clear one thing we have to watch for is to watch our hearts hardening and if we see it them hardening and growing cold we must stop it I say to you if, I, if you see a stranger on the street struggling they fall they trip their bag bursts is it not your first instinct to go over and help that person isn't it your first duty or action or reaction to go over and pick them up and say are you okay can I help you that's my first reaction now that's for a complete stranger who I don't know from Adam but yeah I'm supposed to ignore people and ignore people who are going through tough times just because I'm not American I'm very sorry if this offends you I really am but I have to be honest I don't care I really do not care if I offend you you see I'm taking a different path I'm taking many different paths in my life but I'm not here today to do what's popular I'm not here to do what man says is okay and is correct and you know what way we should follow I'm not here to look at a certain issue when it's having its peak moment. It's 15 minutes of fame, so to speak. You know, issues that come, it gets highlighted in the media. It gets addressed. Nothing changes and then it just the issue goes away. If you want some examples, I'm talking about the IRS, the EPA, the NSA, the VA scandal. The VA scandal is getting worse. No one speaks about it. But I'm not here to talk about things that are popular. 
and I sure ain't here to talk about things that are electorally possible what someone thinks can happen in a certain area I'm here to do what I believe is right I firmly believe we are at a a y-axis in the road on many different levels there is no moderate centrist easy road anymore I believe we are coming to a y-junction and on one road you'll have tyranny and it's tyranny of any form whether it's supreme court justices making laws whether it's unelected bureaucrats making and making regulations whether it's politicians and ruling parties whether it's kings whether it's presidents and their fiats and their executive orders whether it's socialism communism fascism terrorism theocracies it'll be tyranny or even a UN world government or there's the other road the road I'm going to try and do my bit to get people to choose to spread a light to it to say there is another alternative it doesn't have to be tyranny it doesn't have to be let's put some lipstick on that pig and turn it into democracy and democracy's great there is another option and it's the other road it's the better road it's not the easier road I'm not going to lie nothing's going to be easy but it is the better road and it's the road of freedom the road that says the only limit you have in life is the one you set yourself if you want to go create that business if you want to go create I don't know the new iPad the better iPad if you want to make broadband faster if you want to make the next car if you want to do warp drive in space because that's possible as well self driving cars whatever it is cure for cancer if you want to do that go do it you can and ignore the naysayers I believe that road will be standing for the individual that says the person who knows what's best for you is you not a politician not some bureaucrat sitting away going well they live in the city so this is the rule for them or they live out in the country so they have another set of laws I'm making my stand And my stand is for freedom. My stand is for the individual. My stand is for thinking. You see, I could very easily be a follower. Not to make this about me. Because I hate talking about myself. But you look at me. I could very easily be a follower. I could follow those people who say, Mind your own business, just shut up and just stay in Ireland. I look, look at Ireland I could believe in utopian statism or socialism or whatever ism you want to call it progressivism is an American term that you'll know I live in it it's surrounding me my family believe it buy into it my family are part of it they're politicians they're union members they're union leaders I could believe in the power of government and just believe the yarn that's spun so many times in socialist and utopian countries that the problem isn't of the programs the problem is just they're not run right we just need a better leader to run them 
I could believe in unions and the power of the working man and try and unite workers and, and hate the capitalists. I could follow the crowd that says, you know what? America sucks. America's chickens are coming home to roost. I could follow the, 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 follow the others in Ireland who think the people who you should admire in America are the Barack Obamas, the Hillary and Bill Clintons, the Ted Kennedys. Because they're the good guys. I could follow even in the hatred that some Americans have for their own country today and do, you know, the cool thing. You know, let's get phony activism going. Let's get a hashtag trending. America sucks. I could stomp on a flag. I could even follow in my family and the Irish footsteps of being a Catholic. Or I can follow my own way in life. Because I have dreams. Or heck, let's get even more personal. I could have followed the millions upon millions of people who moved to America illegally. That would have been easy. Sure would have benefited me, wouldn't it? Because here's the truth. My life would be a lot easier if I was a follower. If I just didn't think. Just thought America sucks. Capitalism is what's wrong with the world. I thought yeah just be a Catholic yet I see and not question why when I see some of the most unchristian things been done by Christians onto fellow Christians I could think Catholics are good and Protestants are bad and don't even talk to me about Mormons because they're just a totally different kettle of fish I really don't know why I'm awake I really don't Believe me, if I ever if I ever get to heaven, it's highly questionable to be fair. And I ever get to meet my heavenly father, it'd be one thing I'll sure be interested to find out why. Why me? Because here's the truth. There is nothing special about me. There's nothing. I'm not the smartest person out there. I don't have any degrees, I don't have any degree at all. I have a business diploma, sure, but I don't have fancy degrees and PhDs and doctorates. I'm not the greatest speaker. I sure as hell ain't a good writer. I haven't got the greatest ideas. And I sure ain't good looking or have any what people would call sex appeal. There's only one thing special about me. And that isn't even my gift. You see, I'm a personal believer in the Holy Spirit and for whatever reason rightly or wrongly it has touched my heart and my mind to say question everything question with boldness every little thing and then follow what your heart says is right I believe in questioning I believe in following the truth. There's a reason my Bible has the following inscription. Now people don't like this over here. You can tell me your own comments if you don't like it. I apologize. But on the first page of my Bible, there's a quote. And it's nothing to do with the Bible. It's Thomas Jefferson's quote. Question with boldness. Even the existence of a God 
because if there be one, he must more approve of the homage of reason than that of blindfolded fear. Today I ask you, question absolutely everything. We live in horrible and troubling times. You don't have to look far to see horrific events. You know, I read read about history and I remember as a kid reading history of World War II and reading about how Hitler did horrific things. But I also read the stories of how people either were or claimed to be very ignorant and said, I never really knew. We didn't know what was happening. And I'm sure it's not my job to judge, that's God's job alone. But because I believe in my God as a loving, compassionate, open God, I'm sure he found it in his heart to forgive those who had ignorance as an excuse. But here's the truth. Today ignorance is no excuse. Ignorance is no longer an excuse. You have more access to more information on your cell phone today than Bill Clinton had as president. You have no reason for ignorance. I always say, it's easy to learn today. That's maybe one of the reasons I've done and spend so much time doing it. You know, when I was growing up, and I'm not that old, I'm only in my early 30s. You know, if you wanted to learn something, you had to go to a library. You know, with all the nerds and the swats and... All the other terms we used to give people who were brainy. And you'd have to look into these big books. And then you'd have to actually spend time looking for the answer. And it wouldn't just pop up. You'd have to do a bit of research on a topic. And then you'd have to do further research. And eventually you'd get the answer. Today you don't have to do that. You can do it from the comfort of your own home. Whether it be in your settee. In your bed. You can even do it on the toilet. Just go to Google and or Bing or any of these search engines and just type in a question and read. The answers are there for you. But we're also dealing with an enemy. Many enemies who don't hide what they do. Ignorance is no longer an excuse. The videos of Planned Parenthood are out there for all to see. The videos of ISIS dealing and finding new horrific ways to kill my Christian brothers and sisters they promote it in high definition videos we don't have ignorance as an excuse anymore we really don't I know I can't help I'm awake I'm very thankful that I am And I'm going to continue to stand up for what I believe in. And if that offends anyone, or upsets anyone, or gets you angry, from the bottom of my heart I say I'm sorry. But I also say this, I won't change, and I won't regret it. Because I know I'm doing what I think is right. And at the end of the day, One day I'll find out if I was right or not. But I'm going to act. And act as much as I can. 
I'm not just going to sit around and wait for change to happen. I encourage you to look into your heart and see how you can act. Because together we can change the world. Individually we can change the world. I gotta take a quick break, America. I'll be right back. Freedom versus freebies. This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network. Jay Severin. My oldest is on her seventh year of Chinese and um, and, and just started high school. Now, what do you think by the time she's ready for college, what do you think will serve her better? What is more exceptional, speaking Spanish or speaking Chinese? Jay Severin. Weekdays, 2 to 5 p.m. Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on demand on the Blaze Radio Network. Thanks for sticking with me, America. I'm on Twitter at Freedom Disciple. Um, follow me, hit me up with a tweet. Um, I'm back online now, so um, I apologize if I missed any comments over the last 10 days. I wasn't online a lot. And when I was online, I was online on a very small phone, so it wasn't easy to interact with people. I want to share a story with you. I, uh, I'm i not going to talk an awful lot about myself. I, I think no one's interested, no one cares, and it makes for very boring radio. But I want to share something that happened to me, and it's, the reason I'm sharing it is because it's coming up on the one-year anniversary of this event happening to me. It happened to me last year. I had a big pivot point in my life. Um, I believe in pivot points. I don't believe you can just change overnight I don't think you wake up go to bed one night and believe one thing and then you wake up the next morning and you have this come to hallelujah moment and you see the world totally different I think something has to happen and you have to be able to put your finger on it that's why I'm very skeptical of politicians they I'm I'm for the border I'm against the border I'm pro-life I'm pro-choice what what made you change your mind what made you you know influence your thinking what made you think you were wrong and I've been thinking a lot different over the last year. I've My thinking has been changing, honestly, since 2007 when I had my first pivot point. I was what you'd call a conservative Republican, but a fairly, not a very strong one. And the first pivot point I had, I think like most people who are now very conservative and would belong to the Tea Party was, uh, I got to destroy the free market to save the free market. I was always a business guy, so that really hit me and made me question a lot of things. But this time last year, I had major health problems. I was offline for a long time. I wasn't doing a lot. And I was very, very sick. Um, I have a history of very bad stomach and bowel problems. And it's under control now, but I also come with a history um, where my both my father and my uncle died of bowel liver and other cancer in the area so I have to get tested and screened and I have to keep an eye on it and there's also other cancers in 
lungs and stuff in my immediate family so I, it's something that's a very big concern in our family and we have to watch it like many families out there but this time last year I wasn't doing an awful lot and I was very weak um, I wasn't eating much I was very tired I was sleeping during the day and I just couldn't do anything and I, it's funny when you're looking back on things you know you're not right but at the time um, we'd gotten a gift um, of a holiday and I kept just thinking you know if I just get to the holiday um, you know a bit of chill out time relax get some rest I'll come back and everything everything will be fine you just keep on going but we went on the holiday and I was very very sick abroad and I came back even worse so I had no other option but to go to the doctor and say this is the problems I'm having and uh, he sent me for more tests and I got an appointment very quickly which made me kind of really worry because um, socialism, me socialist medicine isn't great and you kind of don't get appointments quickly so um, I thought there's something's definitely wrong that I'm getting seen so quickly so I went into the hospital and uh, was in a lot of pain and very nervous and I'm a big guy so um, hospital gowns don't fit me too good and you're going into the hospital bed and they're not comfortable, they're single beds uh, you're very conscious of everything it's in a public ward, there's 12, 14 people around you it's just not a nice experience no, no disrespect to the doctors or to the nurses Just there's better places to be than in a hospital um, and especially in the, ho the ward I was in you know, it, you tend to find serious problems in the ward I was in uh, so I'm sitting there in the bed and I had two little pivot points um, my first one was I'm sitting in this room and I'd say the youngest person apart from me was about 65 and the first thought I had was I was looking around and I'd convinced myself something was wrong because I was just so sick and like to show you how bad I was I, I was like getting very sick just eating plain potato now if you can't eat a plain potato with no butter, no salt, no nothing and it makes you sick something's wrong um, so uh, I'm sitting there and I'm looking around going I'm going to be sick something's going to happen why me? I'm only in my early 30s I have so much life to live I have so, much things, so many things I want to do I want to help so many people and I look around and all these 65, 70, 80 year old people men and women my first pivot point was why not me? Because as I'm lying in the bed and I'm not in the ward, stripped 10 minutes, and the doctor comes along, sees the man right beside me, and there's no dividing walls, it's literally a curtain, so you hear everything. He says, Things aren't looking good, um, Mr. So and so. We need you to stay in, send you for more tests, you'd be admitted into hospital, you'll have more tests tomorrow. And it just really freaked me out and it made me think, why not me? Why shouldn't it happen to me? Why am I so special? Why am I so entitled to live? And the reason I share that first pivot point is because I know many Americans are struggling today. Life is hard. They never think tomorrow will be better. And it's so easy to see other people's lives and be jealous or envious or sort of go why me why do I always have to have the bad luck the one thing I learned from that was 
why not me? I'm no more special than anyone else. I'm no more entitled to a healthy life than anyone else. I'm entitled to nothing in this life. You have to fight for every, everything you want, including freedom. So as I lay there in the bed, I started thinking, as I usually do. And I started thinking, you know, what about the results and how would I react if it was serious and was I ready to give it a fight and get better and make sure I was... Because I, I have many dreams that I want to get done. And then as I was, I was thinking there about, you know, well, what happens if I get bad news and it's the start of the end? And it's a horrible question. If you've never done it, I don't advise you do it. But you really have a hard look at your life. And I ask myself some very tough questions. And because of what I do, I'm a very boring person. You know, I don't go out very much, if at all. Um, I just go to my job. Um, I do this. I write. Um, I do a few things in church. Um, the church down the road. But I'm very boring. And I started looking about what stands did I take? Or how would people remember me? And all these thoughts just came running into my head and I can still remember them to this day and how powerful they were and the only things that came to my mind was everything I stood against and everything everyone knew I despised so I'll give you some examples that came off my head I despise Obama I don't like the Democrats I don't really like politicians in general I'm very anti-rules and regulations I'm not Palestine's biggest fan I don't like authority really not really a big fan of the current Pope I'm very outspoken about religion and it just it hit me like a flood and I'm going oh my god these are all things I'm not saying they're wrong to stand against them but these are the things I thought I'd be remembered for them and I had so many negative thoughts in my head I actually had to shout at myself on my internal voice and say shut the hell up just stop thinking and I try to clear a mental space in my head and just say, what did you stand for? What did you do? What positive change did you make? And I couldn't think of many that any, you know, a person just down the road can really say, you know, John was definitely this. And I could only come up with three. And I could come up with about a hundred things I was against. First and obvious, I'm a Christian. Um, second one is I love America. I have the flags to prove it. Um, you know I've all a lot of American flags in my house. I've the Don't Tread on Me flag at my work. I've my American flag in the bedroom, and also I'm very pro-Israel, and which gets a lot of heat where I come from. And they, I was wrecking my brain. Gone. There has to be more than three. I have to have stood for something, but nothing. It seemed I could think of millions upon millions of lists of things I stood against and things I didn't like. But I could only come up with three things that anyone could know about me. And it was at that point I realized I was on the wrong path in life. While it's important to know and stand against things you don't like, because I think as Christians we're called to stand against injustices, and even if you're not a Christian, if you're a Jew or a Muslim or an atheist or a deist or anything else you want to be, I think most of us have a fear in our hearts or a feeling in our hearts that says, when something's wrong, 
we know it and we should do something. And the reason I share this is because I uh, I looked around because I was missing last week. I looked around at comments and because I couldn't interact too well, I saw stuff and I the bits I did read and I read the comments in different articles. I think we're at a point in society where you go to an average person on the street and tell, hey, what are you against? And they'll give you a whole list of things. I don't like Obama. I don't like Eric Holder. I don't like the Justice Department. I don't like the EPA. I don't like, I don't like, and I don't like. It's very easy to tell you the stuff we're against. But how many of us can really truly tell in our hearts of hearts what we're for? And what we do to stand for it. This pivot point in my life, it might seem it might seem insignificant to you, it might seem boring to you, and if it is I apologize, but the reason I share it is because it's changed my way of thinking. I no longer see problems, I'm starting to change my mindset to start seeing solutions. I no longer see things I'm against, I want to stand for stuff. And I want it to be known I stand for things. You know, the old story goes, and there was a question that changed a lot of way, I think, as well, was if you were a Christian and you were in a court of law, would there be enough evidence to convict you? And you can answer that question in your own way and in your own private time, but the one thing I want to do is I, when my court of law comes and my case comes, or even just in, on this earth, I don't want people to know what I stand against. I want to know people. I want people to know what I stand for. Because the power of freedom and the message of freedom is incredibly powerful. It's so powerful that I don't think it can be defeated. I believe it can't. And the evidence I always give to this is it's so powerful. Even communists talk about it. You look at how communists talk. So read the Marx Manifesto. It's all about freedom from the capitalists and the bourgeoisie. Even they knew how the message of freedom was and how powerful it was and how it can change a nation. i got to take another break, America. I hope during the break you'll think about what you stand for and not what you stand against. I'll be right back. This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network. Don't miss the morning blaze with Doc and Skip. What is the difference between what you're eating now versus what you ate 40 years ago? It's more mass-produced crap that they put in the food so it'll stay on the shelf longer so Unilever and these other companies can make even more money. We have to go back to eating fruits and vegetables in this stuff. And I don't need the federal government under the guise of protecting public health screwing with us on this stuff. The Morning Blaze with Doc and Skip. Weekday mornings, 6 to 9 Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. Versus freebies. This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network. Thanks for sticking with me, America. I'm on Twitter at Freedom Disciple. Give me a follow. Let me know what you think. Whether you, you think I'm right, whether you think I'm wrong. Let's engage with each other. Let's debate. Um, let's share opinions. And let's make the world a better place. 
I said it last week, well actually two weeks ago now, on the podcast, I was done with politics. Because I really am. And I've done a lot of thinking over the last 10, 14 days when I wasn't online much. And you don't have the distractions of... Donald Trump said what? He did. He he did what? And he he kicked Eurovision guy, Univision guy, whatever his name is, the the immigration activist. Sorry, his name is gone. He kicked him out of a press conference. <gasps> what do you think? Good, bad. Let's defend Trump. Let's attack Trump. The one thing I realized is politics is. I'm done with it. I'm bored of it, and it changes absolutely nothing. It only weakens our argument in many occasions. I ask you today to have an honest look and say, give me one example. And say, I'm on Twitter at Freedom Disciple. If you have examples, please tell me. Where politics actually makes our principles stronger. Or does it always make them weaker? Which is what something I've come to realise over the last many years and from been involved for the last 15 years in some way, shape or form. It's always, well, I, I, I believe in freedom of speech, but we're at war, to quote Lindsey Graham. I believe in something. But John, this is New Jersey, it's blue, you can't go with the conservative, you've got to go with the moderate Republican who can win. And sometimes it's a case of, well, we just leave our principles aside. It's only about winning when we win then we can worry about principles and we never worry about them politics won't change things people will so I'm done with it I'm sure I'll offer comments when people say something on policy um, but I'm focusing and I want to speak to you a few minutes about what I want to do with this show as little as it is I want to change this show and turn it into a policy principle show I want to break down issues give you my opinion on them but base them on facts I'm going to start doing a lot more and more and more research for you this show to share with you to give you links which you'll find on my website I want to delve into an issue break it down give you the history of it and give you solutions and then if you like them you can share them with your friends talk to them I don't want attribution just share them get the ideas out there or tweak my ideas or change them totally and get them out there we need to start becoming a solutions based generation because as I said to you in the last segment and the reason I shared that pivot point was to lead to this was I know many people who can tell you what they're against, but they can't tell you what they're for. And I think that's something we need to change. I want to ask you a question, and if I may be so arrogant to ask, I'd like you to have a good look at your life and ask yourself this question. It's a question based in scriptures, but I've been thinking about things and just to let you know where I stand. Jesus once said to Peter, on this rock I will build my church. What are we building our church, our lives on today? On what rocks? 
I see so many today building their life on the rock of politics or the rock of the Republican Party or the rock of Donald Trump. He's our hero. Only Trump can win in 2016 and make America great again. Uh huh. I'm putting my. I'm building my church. It's not my church, but my life on principles. I spoke about a few of them in earlier in this show. The principles of freedom. I'm not here to tell anyone what to do. It's not my job. It's not my duty. And I, quite frankly, don't have the authority to do it. I'm here to help people. I'm here to stand for the freedom of the individual. I'm here to stand to help people that when they fall, I help them pick themselves back up. I don't do it for them. I help them. I'm pro-life. I watch these videos. And it breaks my heart. It destroys me inside nearly. How we can let such things happen in our society today. And so few are silent. And not only are we silent... but were demonized as anti-choice. The murdering of innocent people is pro-choice. A woman's right to choose. It's woman's health. We stand for life, all life. Because at the end of the day, it's not what you do that defines you who you are when we get to heaven and when I get to heaven God isn't going to say well you know, what age are you he's not going to care he's not going to say well what sex were you were you, were you a male or a female or I heard you humans Facebook created 51 other genders even though I only created two what were you I don't think he's going to care He's not going to care of your education level. It's not like God says, well, only degree people get in. Only Harvard people get into this room and only Princeton people get into that room and that room way down there is the community college room and if you don't have a degree, sorry, God doesn't care. God does not care about the stuff we care about. We care about so much trivial stuff. Now there's a reason scripture says you shall judge them and know them by their fruits and nothing else. It doesn't say well you shall know them by their race or you shall know them by the way they vote in elections or you shall know them by what political party they belong to or you shall know them by what college they attended or if they attended college or you shall know them by their job title. No, it says you shall know them by your fruits. I don't know how. I'm going to do it. I'm going to start talking about my dreams more openly because 
one thing that people said to me and and say to me on you know privately is you know, don't share too many. You've you've a lot of dreams. Don't share too many of them because you know there'll be people there to rub it in your face when you fail. Sure, there will be. But failures never bothered me. Failure is not something I ever cared about. I see so many people say failure is such a bad thing. I, I failed in business. You feel bad. Failure isn't a bad thing. Failure is a learning experience. Do you know what the bad thing about failure is? Is failing and learning absolutely nothing from it. Now that's something that you should be not too happy about. I don't care about failing. I care about standing for what is right. I know I'm only a small guy with a few hundred people who listen to me. I thank you for your support, anyone who checks it out. and If you can share the content, that'd be great. But I'm going to do what I can. I wish I was stateside to do more, but until that, I'm going to keep searching. And if there's stuff you want me to do that you feel I can do, let me know. And I'll do my best to help. I want to stand for things. So I ask you to think about over the weekend or whenever you listen to this show what are you building your church on? Again scripture tells us and I'm not going too deep into scriptures but you know people who blow build their house on the foundations of sand it's fine until the rain and the winds and the storms come and then their house falls down but those who build it out of rock their house will survive the the rain and the wind and the thunder and lightning and the storms build your house on a rock but build it on a solid foundation of principles you choose what you build your life on I'm no longer I'm done building it on politics and the last thing I'm going to stand for is I'm going to stand for my Christian brothers and sisters around the world Things that annoy me the most, and I've, I'm sick of it. There's a reason I'm a non-dominational Christian. I'm sick of Christians looking down on other Christians and having a purity test. Just look at the history of Ireland, where Catholics and Protestants tra- treat each other. You both worship the same God. There's not that much difference between your faiths. Well, there are, there are some, but not major. And yet, you treat each other with such disdain. And that's not to mention how Irish, some Irish people treat Jewish people and treat Mormons. It's time to end all these man-made divisions and focus in on what we can do. You know, society wants to tell you you can't make a difference. You can. You can make a difference if you really want to. I'm going to try. And I hope that someone hears my voice and says, I want to try too. We don't have to try and change different things. We have, we're all individuals. We're all unique. That's what makes us great. You know, we don't all have to think the same. You know, my issues might be which they are right now my heart is breaking for my brothers and sisters in the Middle East and pro-life your issue might be a tax policy good for you, go do it 
Your other issue might be the EPA. Fantastic. They're big issues to me as well, but they're not my priority. Do whatever you want to do. But do something. I want to leave you with this segment with a comment, or not a comment, a quote that's been meaning an awful lot to me lately. And it's coming true. I tweeted it during the week. And it's a quote by Thomas Paine. I prefer peace. But if trouble must come, let it come in my time. So that my children can live in peace. I love, would love to live in peace. I know the way the world is going and how long it will take. It's probably not going to happen even if I live to 80 or 90. But trouble is here. Let us work together to ensure the next generation lives in peace and has a better existence. We can do it. The only way we have a guaranteed outcome in this life is by sitting back and doing nothing. That's the only course you have that has a guaranteed outcome. Doing nothing. Surrendering. Succumbing to the Leviathan. And then it's over. But if we stand, yes we might fail. Yes we might lose. But guess what? We can have a clear conscience and say I did my bit. I did what I could. I joined up. I got involved. I gotta take one more quick break, America. I'll be right back. I hope you'll stick with me. This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network. Jay Severin. Hey, Bush now has to support Donald Trump if he wins. So I think you may hear sometime soon he negotiated a deal that he had to do anyway. He was a hostage. They had a gun to his head. The laws would have kicked him off the ballots. He had to do it. So he said, all right, I have to do this. There's no way out. There's no way out. What can I still get for this? Jay Severin. Weekdays, 2 to 5 p.m. Eastern. On the Blaze Radio Network. With Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network. Thanks for sticking with me, America. To close out today's show, I want to share one analogy with you, and then I want to share a story with you to close the show out. I want to share an analogy with you, just to following on from last segment, what we spoke about making a difference, being part of the change. You know, some people say to me, I can only do so much. I've got young kids. I've got family commitments or I work 60, 70 hours a week. How can I make change? I haven't got time to attend pro-life rallies or the rally for in the IRS or I haven't got time to go to Birmingham, Alabama or Quebec. To change things, it doesn't take a big deal. 
change comes in the smallest way because change spirals and increases and it's like a stone going down a hill it gathers and it gathers and it gathers do you know what a simple change could be I always say this but people always laugh go smile at someone go say hello to someone ask someone how they are and actually mean it I used to do recruitment speeches for a charity in Ireland going out and helping people and I always used to say how many times have you had the following conversation hi hi how are you I'm fine how are you I'm fine thanks and you just walk off or you get to the point of the conversation did you see so and so or did you do that how many times do you actually ask someone hey how you doing and actually mean it and want to engage in a meaningful conversation that's a small change but you know what that change can do that can make that person feel better about themselves and then they might go help someone else and then they go help someone else and your smile or your asking how they were changed the world in a small way the analogy I want to share with you today is no change no matter how minor is insignificant the analogy I want to give to you and I apologize if you're not a sports fan but it's the best analogy I can come up with and that I've shared in the past and it's American football think of an offense on American football because of we want to make great changes we all want to be the quarterback and if we can't be the quarterback we want to be the running back or the wide receiver or the tight end who really doesn't block just catches we want to be in part of the action we want to be an integral part because at the end of the day who buys a jersey with the offensive tackles name on it I'm sure there are some but in the vast majority it's the you know the quarterbacks the wide receivers the running backs tight ends and if on the defensive side the tackle the end which is where I played um, you know they're the key positions but here's the thing and this is why I wanted to use this analogy we all have an integral part to play you could have the best quarterback think of the best quarterback in the league right now Tom Brady, Peyton Manning ever who you want you could be the best quarterback out there if you put me as his wide receiver he's crap doesn't matter how good he is because with me, I'm not going to run there fast enough unless it's a little, you know, two and out, uh, two and cut out to the sideline. <laughs> um, I'm not getting there in time. You know, you could have the best quarterback. You could have Tom Brady throwing the ball. But if you have the worst wide receiver who runs the wrong route, doesn't run it quick enough, doesn't run it slow enough, or has butterfingers and he doesn't catch the ball, doesn't matter how great Tom Brady is or how great and tight the spiral was on the ball and how poised he looked it doesn't get caught it means nothing but the reason I want to take that analogy one step further because sometimes I spoke to you last week and I gave you the other analogy about being the ripple in American football it doesn't matter how great your quarterback is if you have a crap offensive line where the tackles and the guards are not protecting you and the ends and the tackles on the defensive side are crushing through them 
and getting to the quarterback and only giving you split seconds, two seconds of time on the ball. doesn't matter how great you are if you're on your back. You can't throw from there. No one in part of change is insignificant. You have to play your part. So while Tom Brady and Peyton Manning and all these other great quarterbacks get all the attention and the plaudits, oh, Peyton Manning, he threw for 5,000 yards. Yeah, he did. And he's an incredibly talented quarterback. Brilliant. Also, probably one of the best all time. Here's the thing. Without the wide receivers, without the running backs making blocks for him, without the tackles and his guards, he can't do what he does. So you be the change you decide what you want to be. If you can be the quarterback, great. Brilliant. But if you're in a tackle, that's okay too. Let me give you another example, just to use this analogy and just to bring it full circle. You mightn't even be able to get on the field all the time. You might be able to. You might be only able to help on a on a re, on a seldom basis, a bit here and a bit there and a bit somewhere else. That's fine too. Do you know what we call them in football? A punter. You hope you never use them, but if you do, you sure as hell hope they can get it inside the 20 on a regular basis and out of bounds. A punter can't win you the game, but it sure can lose you the game very quickly. You can be the change. You have to decide your role, what you want to be. But remember, perfection doesn't come from doing one thing really well. It comes from lots of different small things coming together, doing them really well and coming together to make perfection. You have to be a part and you decide what part you want to be. If you want to be the quarterback, great. If you want to be the wide receiver, brilliant. Or if you just want to be the punter and we only see you once every six months, that's fine too. But please never underestimate the change you can be. Everything matters. And the reason I use this analogy, especially in football. Football is an incredibly great sport. But it's not about one person. It's so many different aspects to the game to win a game. There's so many nuts and crannies. You're talking about little millimetres one half second too quick or one half second too slow for that wide receiver he doesn't catch the ball doesn't matter how great the throw is you can be the difference you decide what you build your church on your life on whether it's politics or elections or principles and then you decide what role you want to play and by the way I will say this because I don't think it gets said often enough and this is just my opinion. To those people out there who go, I don't have time, all I can do is homeschool my kids and that takes up so much of my time. If you bring up your kids in a proper way, with a real thirst for not thinking a certain way, but questioning and understanding, and understanding the power of principles, understanding why America is great and why it's different, and understanding and ha- the, ha- the power of the individual. I don't think there is a better gift to society. That's serving in a whole new way. Please don't underestimate your role. You can change it. 
You just have to decide how. I want to finish out today's show for the last few minutes that I have with you. I want to read you a story. It's actually not me reading a story. It's it's a story I've come up with. So I'd ask you to close your eyes and just think about this story for a minute. I'll keep it short. A long, long time ago, in a nation far, far, far away, because that's how all great stories start, right? Only joking. There was a man, a young man, and this young man was filled with ambition. He was always the best at everything. And he wanted to change the world. But he was always had one problem. He always was blinded by his own ambition and his own power. And this man, time and time again, would put personal interests over principles. It was never what was right or wrong. It was always what was right or wrong for me. And this man was a schemer and he was a doer. You know, he was, he was one of these guys you'd see him probably today in, in political circles. You know, he'd be behind the scenes, you know, moving and wheeling, dealing and making deals happen. And in the country he lived in, a civil war happened. And everything that was considered, you know, normal in this country was no longer. Everything was up for grabs. And so this schemer, this doer, he found favour of this man. And this man, there's a reason by the way I'm not telling you their names. And this man later became emperor. And then he made this under individual, the schemer, the hard worker, he made him king. But he was always blinded by his own power. He was one of these kings who, if you dare say anything against him, he'd have no problem saying, kill him. You would never, ever go against this king. And he ruled with an iron fist. And he ruled in such a way that even he killed his own family. Because his own family said, hey, what are you doing? He would kill rabbis. He would kill priests. Anybody. Don't dare speak against the king. He demanded loyalty. And as he was going along in his day-to-day life. And he was ruling over his kingdom. And all was well. And then news came along. There's a rumour out there, king. You're not going to like it. There's a rumour... That one of our prior kings, his birth line has been re-established. There's a new baby. And this baby has heritage. It has blood. And you're only king because you found favour. You're not pure. He is. He could come and take your position. So he thought, how should I deal with this? How should I respond? And at first he said, 
let's just see how things go. You know, let's find out where the baby's born. So he called a few men, his spies, in different parts and different colonies, and said, find me the bloodline. Find me this king. Because if he's king and his bloodline is pure, then I must go and pay homage to him and say, I'm here to serve you. Obviously he had different ambitions. So these men went out and searched and searched and searched. But they, because they understood how this king worked and how he operated, they were very skeptical of, I don't think he wants to go pay homage. He's killed people for speaking out against him. This baby's pure and he just wants to go pay homage. I don't think that's quite right. So they went out and found the baby. They found the location. But they never reported it to, to the king. And the king became angrier and angrier and angrier because no one would tell him where this baby was. Even though he was lying and saying, I just want to pay homage and say hi to him and give him a gift. No one would tell him. So he grew angrier and angrier. Until he came to the point where he said, this, 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 this kid... I've worked, I've schemed, I've killed my own family. I've killed rabbis. Everything I have done to keep my power. And this baby could take it all away. I must stop it. So he issued an order. He said, I don't care who it is. My power is more important. My interests are more important than a principle. So he issued a royal decree and said to all my servants in my kingdom, if you have a baby under the age of two, it's to be killed. Because I'm your king. I demand it. That is a story And yes, I've used some creative license. I hope you'll forgive me. For those that don't know, that king was Herod. And that baby was Jesus Christ. It's only a very small part of the Bible. But it always hit me. And I want to close out today's show and tell you why. It hit me Positively and negatively. Negatively. How we can put our. Interests. Over principles. It hit me because. We live in a world where. Millions die every year from abortion. And we say nothing. Yet when I read this story. I I can't think of. The pain and suffering that must have caused. I wonder what those people say back then. Ah well, it's just the king's decree and that's the way life goes. Or would they have called it a choice? Or would we read in history books about saying we should never let this happen in our world again? All life is sacred. 
but it also hit me in a positive way and I know it's kind of sick and I apologise but I believe in the principles of freedom I really do and here you had a king who was so powerful he could do anything yet just at the news that a baby was born caused great fear and great change now that baby was Jesus Christ and none of us are Jesus Christ and that's fine but can you imagine the change if we act in a right and just way if we act with love you know my logo on for the show just didn't happen there's three words above it if we all acted better and I'm just going to speak for me with better faith not religion faith we, so many of us worship the same God. Can you imagine if you had all the Christians together and the Jews just united? Can you imagine how we would change the world? Hope. Imagine if we brought a world around that had hope again. That so many kids said, I can do anything. That you could see a kid go, I'm going to fly to the moon, Daddy. Good for you. And that you knew it could happen. That we didn't live in a society that said, I'm going to fly to the moon, Daddy. And everyone, yeah, right. And love. How great would it be if we could all love each other a bit better? Faith, hope and love will be the answer. Or what I think is the answer. I hope you enjoyed that quick story. And that made you think. We live in a world of great atrocities. History is full of them. But history also takes account of the people who acted. In the book of names that says. I acted. I want to write my name down. I want for it to be clear. To everyone I know. And to everyone who I don't know. What I stood for. I will stand for the principles of freedom, of love, of faith, and hope. I thank you so much for tuning in. I really appreciate anyone who listens to this show. If you could share it with your friends or family, I would really appreciate it even more. I salute you, the American people. You will be the difference. I'll be praying for you this Friday. I'll have a lot to say about that next week. This Friday is always a tough day. For so many. And for me it's not forgotten. That pain and suffering. I salute you. I salute your police. Your firefighters. Your emergency personnel. And most of all your vets. Thank you all for your service. God bless you. God bless America. The Blaze Radio Network.